Good afternoon, folks. This is Jonas Brasco, and this is the Fighting Game Banter Podcast. Here, we dive into the world of fighting games and talk about the development, growth, and the FGC. Welcome, welcome. This is the Fighting Game Banter Podcast, and I'm your host, Jonas Brasco. Here, we dive into the world of fighting games and talk about the development and growth of not just the games, but also the community, also known as the FGC. While we're here, we'll talk about the games, we'll talk about some of the players, but mainly it's about the culture that surrounds them as well. So please, if you're interested, stay tuned. One minute and 50 seconds. That's the total amount of time the Game Awards devoted to fighting game content. And I actually timed this. And I'm not saying other games didn't get slighted or other categories by any means. I'm not going that far because they were pretty consistent. But the fact of the matter is it literally was 1 minute and 50 seconds. How this worked is the following. 19 seconds was the nominations and the announcement of the winners of the best fighting game category. The other 1 minute and 31 seconds was the Guilty Gear trailer. That's it. And before you ask about any of the other nominations, not a single one of them won. Street Fighter 6 and Mortal Kombat would lose to Forza for innovation and accessibility. For best multiplayer, of course, Baldur's Gate 3 won because, let's face it, they just nearly won everything. And second 8, while I may not be playing it myself, even though the demo comes out, and I will give that a try, it's still lost to Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth. So that pretty much covers all of the game awards right there that is your fighting game content that is your nominations that is the announcement of winners and i just wasn't going to add seconds like two or three seconds anytime a fighting game was mentioned nor am i going to count ed boon in this category because he was doing something else so i'm not even going to make that that case talked about i'm not even going to talk about that the other thing, and I should go ahead and mention this, I was not planning on doing a podcast episode about this. To be honest, I was actually going to go straight to what I had set for my third episode. I was planning on talking about Modus, and I still will talk about Modus because we got some words. But just to give you a small sneak peek of my opinion about that, my next podcast is right now titled Modus. Worst fighting game publisher of 2023. If Krampus was real, they would be his first stop. And I stand by that statement. This is the episode I was going to record today instead of the fallout from the Game Awards. Because for those who know the Modus story, the issues that ended up happening with them fighting herds, the debacle which is God of Rock, and of course, Diesel Legacy, which if anyone knows the Mike Z story, you already know the legacy. And I don't really have to say much else. At least I can't do that here. That's why you have to listen to the next episode. Because then I will say a lot. But that is for next time. The thing that probably took up the most time, out of curiosity, the FGC, the Sega trailer, and the games that were announced. Now... There were a lot of people who were asking, where was Virtual Fighter? And that's a fair question. 
from what Sega's Shuji Yasumi mentioned. He said, we're considering it. It's something we're working on. But how can we make it more dramatic? And I couldn't, there's not much else I could really say about that except, I don't know. Let's start with the obvious. You have more fighting game franchises, or better yet, you have more original fighting game IPs that you could bring back or that you can integrate into the virtual fighter world with, of course, the obvious fighting vipers. But if you want to expand on that, you can bring back, and this isn't me talking as old head, but this is, this is something that I can honestly say is that you can bring back old games and it will work. You can get people to play them. The thing that kind of sucks about we're now in this COVID fight cade generation is the fact that there are so many Sega fighting games that aren't available to play on Fightcade or any type of modern console. You can't play Fighting Vipers on Steam or modern consoles. You can't play Last Bronx. You can't play Fighting Vipers. You can't play... And this is the one that actually frustrated me the most because they announced Golden Axe, but I would love to see a Golden Axe at the Duel 2. So if nothing else... Even if you don't want to do a remaster or anything like that, Sega could do a fighting collection similar to what Capcom did. You could easily... Yes, that's why I said original IPs. Original Sega IPs. So this could even go back to older fighting games that hardly anyone knows about. Burning Rival, Holiseum, or Dark Edge, which are all original Sega IPs. Like, literally, the only fighting game IP that Sega has that you can play on modern consoles that's not virtual fighter is sonic the fighter and that's it but you could you there is a way to make virtual fighter more dramatic you could make it more story driven like Darrell actually absorbs the abilities of various sega fighters like Darrell actually being xavier or midnight from eternal champions that would be dramatic with your regular virtual fighter moves, you have to find ways to make it work. And you could even enhance them a la Street Fighter Versus style. There are ways that they could make this work. And you just have to do a little update. You know, Capcom Fighting Collection was able to make it work, bringing back older games, doing a couple of tweaks, and adding rollback netcode. There are people who would, like, literally would probably do a Sonic the Fighters tournament at Evo or Frosty Faustings or Combo Breaker. I mean, yes, Sonic the Fighters is nothing spectacular, but Sailor Moon Kusuke. And that still gets tournament play. I don't see how you couldn't do it with Sonic the Fighters. I don't see how you couldn't do it with Eternal Champions or Last Bronx or Fighting Viper. I mean, you even had Fighters Mega Mix. Like, you want to talk about dramatic? Make a virtual fighter Fighters Mega Mix 2. You can have Akira take on Hornet from Daytona USA. You could have Bond take on Sonic from Sonic Fighters. You can even have it set up so that for certain matches, you have to play as the Virtual Fighter Kid version. But there are ways Sega could make it work if they so choose. I'm not saying it would be perfect, by no means, but 
the thing that made the Catcom fighting collection work is because there was access and curiosity. These old IPs are that are, were coming back that did get re-released, like Breakers. And I I know, I, I crap on this a lot, but the Rumblefish 2. That was curiosity about something that people weren't necessarily exposed to. The Capcom Fighting Collection made it possible with games like Red Earth and Cyberbots. So, yeah, I'm not saying that Sega needs to make new fighting games. I just want Sega to save and re-release the old ones. I don't want to feel like the only way I can play a Sega Saturn game is if it's a Knights or a Panzer Dragoon. I mean, that is really kind of one of the things that bothers me. Nonetheless, I don't want to get too off topic, but that is definitely something that if Sega wanted to address it, they could. And it's not like they're above bringing back old IPs. A couple of weeks ago, people were getting ready or thinking they're excited for a virtual fighter, a new virtual fighter, but instead it is a Japanese arcade exclusive tag battle of virtual fighter three. That to me makes no sense. When you have someone that says we're not going to release a new virtual fighter or we're thinking about it because we're not sure how we can make it dramatic and you've chosen to spend your money on making a tag battle of a Dreamcast game and make it exclusive only to Japan. That makes it seem like we're getting back to the old Sega of the Sega CD and the 32X. We don't need that Sega back. This does not mean I'm not curious or excited about some of the things that Sega announced. Again, I would have liked to have had a Golden Axe The Duel 2, but it does have my curiosity a little bit. I want to see more of the Jet Set Radio before I pass any type of judgment on it, because right now, first impressions, more people probably still will be playing Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, and that's going to be the comparison. Not Jet Set Radio versus Jet Set Radio Future, it's going to be whatever this new IP of Jet Set Radio versus Bomb Rush Cyberpunk. Beyond that, Crazy Taxi, that could be fun. That could actually be very fun. Streets of Rage? Again, this gets into one of those one of those things where it could be interesting, but the comparison is not going to be Sega Streets of Rage 3 versus the new Streets of Rage. It's going to be new Streets of Rage versus Streets of Rage 4. And if Sega doesn't implement anything that they that people enjoyed about Streets of Rage 4, it's going to bomb. So I'm not even going to pretend that this is a good thing or a bad thing. This is really just a wait and see. Needless to say, because we have talked already about Modus, I have to kind of, well, I won't say I'm going to end it here. But this is what's the next question. What about other awards? Is there a better alternative for fighting game content? And there is. There are several. The first thing is simply playing and supporting your game. I mean, that's the first thing because you're going to give more love and effort than any 
or award that is not associated with the fighting game community ever will. To put again into perspective, one minute and 50 seconds. If anyone wants to know how bad that was, or even let's let's not even go with the one minute and 15 and 50 seconds. Let's just do the actual nomination and announcement of Street Fighter 6 for best fighting game. That was a total of 19 seconds. In comparison, the nomination for best content creator and the allotment for the winner to make their speech was 59 seconds. And that was Iron Mouse. Now for the record, before because I don't need I don't need angry VTuber fans coming after me. I like Iron Mouse. I do watch Iron Mouse. But there there's not much else I can say. Because it's not fighting games don't make money for developers as much as standalone titles. That's it. Fighting games use different mechanics depending on the type of game versus games that use pretty much universal mechanics. You can play Mortal Kombat and their mechanics and it's a completely different system from Pocket Bravery or Street Fighter 6. That's not necessarily the case with going from League of Legends to Dota 2 to even the Pokemon MOBA that I can't even remember what it's called now. But at the end of the day, it's a corporate event. And if there's one thing that is very true of the FGC, that's fair. I mean, that's the thing. I admit, I like a niche category. I like what I like. Pretty much saying that there's probably not that much difference mechanic-wise as far as actually operating and playing the game between League of Legends and Pokemon Unite. Okay, even we could talk about Pokemon just for a second. Even though Pokemon Tournament was a Bandai Namco game, it does not play like Tekken. So that in itself is, if variety is the spice of life, fighting games have it and publishers hate it because it is so different from anything else that you can cut and paste. And I think for some people, at least corporate-wise, that scares them. EVO 2023 had more people than the League of Legends World Championship and still lost. And that's not because League of Legends was a better event. It's just simply that League of Legends is a well-known casual event. It is something that people can relate to. Again, I'm not taking anything away from people who play League of Legends. In fact, that is actually one thing that I found very interesting when I was watching the award show in the fact that Guilty Gear was the only trailer. I was expecting a Project L announcement. I was expecting the possibility of a new Tekken trailer. Nope, those things will not make as much money as anything else coming out. And you know what? That's fair. It's a corporate event. They want to make money. They want to show off stuff. Personally, Kotaku said it best. Nix the Game Awards. Get rid of it completely and just make an E3. Make it a winter E3 because that's really what it is. It is celebrities, it is developers, and they're showing off their stuff. The only difference between the Game Awards and E3 is that there is no hardware being shown. I mean, there is a legitimate reason why 
you have these separate Nintendo Directs and PlayStation Experience. Why you have these separate shows? Because E3 is not there anymore. And this is the closest thing that you get to it. And that's kind of sad because it does make categories feel left out completely. And for those who think that, hey, maybe a hardware showcase, there is such a thing, but it's with other hardware. And that's CES, the Consumer Electronics Show. For the longest time before E3, that's where you would find out about the latest consoles, the latest tech. That's where people would go to invest in products. And that's all this is. This is a way to promote your game, get hype, get investments. And don't get me wrong, there is hardware that does show up at CES. And that will be something that I will cover in a podcast if things are released. Like when people talk about that PlayStation 5 Pro or the Nintendo Switch 2, don't be surprised it's CES where it's shown. Or better yet, if there is a more powerful Steam Deck, that's a possibility as well. If that ends up being the case, I will definitely cover it on a future podcast. To wrap things up, there's plenty of things you can do. To quote Purple Sharpie, who posted on the 7th during the awards because she chose not to watch it, she says, The worth of a video game is determined by the gamer's experience, not by the awards that they receive. Because ultimately, that is going to be the biggest judge of them all, especially the fighting game community. If you are frustrated with matchmaking, that's going to affect your experience. If you are frustrated with the fact that the newest DLC character has an infinite that's not a combo, but simply spamming counter, 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 and that has not been patched out yet, and there's about to be another Guilty Gear tournament, that affects your experience. If the fact that the game that won best multiplayer at the Golden Joystick Awards still does not have a Wi-Fi indicator, That is going to affect your experience. So yeah, play what you love. And if there's just one or two people you can play with, definitely do it. When I stream, I like to get games, but I openly admit I'm streaming to most of the time two, three, four people. And for me, that's perfectly fine because that is important to establishing a community. But I will mention this. On the 18th, For those who are familiar with Dash Fight, they're going to have their own awards. It's going to be specifically for fighting games. Not just best fighting games. We're talking about best fighting game team, best content creator, best commentator. These are things that actually reflect what people are in the fighting game community are actually interested in. This is not saying we're not interested in other games. I mean, after all, I was, I go act like I wasn't happy that Armor Core won best action game. In fact, that was Pretty much the only award I was really happy about. But that starts on the 18th. Hop on there. Because they haven't posted to the official Dash Fight site yet. So on the 18th you can do the voting. But on the Twitter page you can go ahead and start to see the nominees. So you can give an idea of how to vote. Since it is the holiday season. We gotta talk about who deserves to get sank by Krampus. It's Modus. The worst fighting game publisher of 2023. There's no such thing as a Razzies for video games as far as I know. So I'm going to do my own because no one has hurt the fighting game community more than Modus in 2023. And for those who don't know why, tune in next time. This is Jonas Brasco ending the second episode of the Fighting Game Banter podcast. Okay, this is a quick addendum that we are going to add to the end of the podcast because... 
I hadn't quite posted it yet, and this just came to light. Ed Boon announced that there will be a Wi-Fi indicator added to Mortal Kombat on December 14th. So if you're listening to this podcast after December 14th, then the part where I mentioned that there wasn't a Wi-Fi indicator will be completely irrelevant. Again, there was an addition, an announcement by Ed Boon that Mortal Kombat 1 will have the Wi-Fi indicator in its program. The patch will go active on the 14th of December. I wanted to add that addendum. And also in regards to EVO 2023 losing, yes, League of Legends World Championships had 18,000 in attendance and it had better viewership than EVO. However, it was over a month span and EVO was three days and had more than 9,000 competitors versus the World Championship, which had 22 teams. And not all of them was even filled with six people. I just needed to come in and point that out before I published this podcast. Thank you very much. That was a quick little addendum. This is Jonas Brasco finally ending the Fighting Game Banter podcast. Yeah. 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 Thank you for listening to the Fighting Game Banter Podcast. Any inquiries for guests, questions can be reached at my email address, which is jonasbrasco at gmail.com. This podcast can be listened to on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and even TuneIn. For anything else, feel free to email me and also check my social media which is at Jonas Brasco on x slash twitter call it what you will thanks again for listening and have a good day